0: there's definitely a higher order that is way more intelligent than me and you know i i I go where i need to go and i do what i think is best and if it doesn't go my way i accept that it wasn't supposed to be that way
1: rob it's great to have you here and and i'm so fascinated i don't even know where this is gonna go and that's the point (laughs) it's gonna be raw and real just like you are so i appreciate your time today thanks joe you got it man and And you you were, we were chatting a little bit about it I was getting pumped up on Rammstein and I saw you reminded me, I just (laughs) got to give that (laughs) to all the metalheads back in the day. That's how I grew up. So, um, yeah, you just, you have this fun personality, man. And, and when I, when I started diving into your stuff and your work and everything you put out just has that kind of fire behind it, that passion. And it just, it just permeates and it's unique, man. So.
0: Well, like how long. They've just found out, I think, Joe, that the our universe that we're in has existed for 26.7 billion years. Mm. So think about our universe and how many infinite numbers of universes there are there. And if space and time are infinite, why do we take stuff so seriously? <laughs> why do we hate? Why do we fight? Y- you know, like, we've got a tiny speck of in infinitesimally small amount of time on this planet so life's too i I really believe life's too short to take things too seriously and to hate and to be jealous and Mm. all of that shit
1: Mm -hmm. not for me yeah man and and especially i read a quote it's like we're the only ones within our heads so get the fuck out of your way (laughs) and go
0: Yeah. Yeah. All the things you worry about normally don't happen. Everything you think people think about you, they're not. People are too busy dealing with their own life problems to be focused on yours. Mm. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I was quite insecure. I probably really didn't start getting secure in who I am until my 30s. Wow. Which I don't know if that's embarrassing or I don't know if that's normal.
1: I think um, it's pretty normal, man. I have a similar right. journey, but I, I, I'd love, love to speak into that, man, because I feel like that holds so many people back, especially in business when there's so much
0: uncertainty and
1: it's up yeah. to us.
0: So, um, look, you know, I don't think you should totally not care what anyone thinks because, you know, maybe you'd get up to more evil or nasty activity or maybe you'd be too selfish. But all the things we want to do in our lives, you know, maybe you want to sing. Maybe you want to try a hobby. You want to move to another country. You want to start a business. You want to write a book. And you find all these reasons why you can't. And I think if we're really honest and you you dial back why, 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 if you go deep enough, is normally I'm worried about what people will think about me and what my parents will think about me, what my friends will think about me, what my followers on social media will think about me. And I interviewed a former SAS guy called um, Oli Ollerton. He's become a good friend. And he says, sometimes if I'm faced with a decision and I'm worried about what other people think, I wonder what I would do if I was the only person on earth. Like if there was no one to judge me, ridicule me, you know, there were no voices of parents and haters in my head. And I just had the pure selfishness of what do I want to do with my life? And I think as long as we don't live with reckless abandon, you you, you know, it's too selfishly. I think if we have that attitude more, we're going to take more risks. We're going to get more out of life. We're going to do the things we've been putting off. We're going to probably be a more attractive, radiant person. Cause you know, when you meet people and you can just tell they're very comfortable with who they are, that person is a very attractive person and they don't have to be physically attractive, but there's something about that person that you admire um, and I think we all admire people who know who they are and they're not trying to pretend to be anyone they're not. And, you know, the, the thing is when you're at school, it's like I want to go to the prom and I want to look good and I want to impress my friends and i got to get girls. And then you go to university and i got to get good grades. And then, you know, I've got to show my boss I'm good. And then you get on social media and, you know, I've got to look good on Instagram. <laughs> and, and for me, it started to change when I had my first child. Mm-hmm. because I couldn't be as self-obsessed anymore. Damn right. Like, like yeah. I'm, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm a really selfish person. Don't get me wrong. But like, I look at a lot of, because I've got 105 staff in the office. I've got loads of outsourcers. And I look at some of the lads who are 18 and 21, and they're so obsessed with how they look. Mm-hmm. You know, their face, their trainers, their <laughs> um, you know, their six pack and all that. And I remember how draining all that bullshit used to be.
1: Yeah, it's I, I've never it's... had Botox.
0: <laughs> I've not done anything to my teeth. You know that you can see they're not veneered and they're not like piano key white, because I'm kind, I'm cool, I'm ok, I'm me, I'm okay with me. All right, I've got a slight dad bod, maybe I could, you know, but I'm all right, I'm me, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I I think the quicker you can get there, I think the less friction you're going to have in your life.
1: Amen, man. Yeah, for me it was my kid as well. Yeah, it's it's that aha moment that it's not about me anymore. It's about what i can provide and and Mm. create and man what great perspective if there was not a single soul on this planet it's what would you do and i think that's a great mental exercise that we can all take and apply however that that shapes up man
0: Mm. because i think the thing is joe for probably maybe since the second world war we've had a relatively civilized society yeah imagine if it was world war one no one would be caring about what other people thought about how they looked or their hairstyle or their trainers or how they looked on social media. Everyone everyone would just be like food, shelter, mm-hmm. safety. So to a certain degree, we become a product of our environment. And, you know, you can't help the era in which you're born. And obviously it would be more favorable to not be born in, in two world wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always think people who are critical, trolls, haters, people who hate themselves, people who get, like consumed by news discussion debate and gossip these people don't have a a meaningful enough focus in in their life because you know when you're running a business you'll know this joe you've got too much shit to do to worry about all the minutiae and bullshit and haters and what other people think you're busy trying to build an empire so one of the best things you can do for your self-worth and if you find yourself look One of my mentors, he said to me, you need to create meaningful problems in your life. Because if you don't, you'll be solving other people's meaningful problems. Mm. So people will be dumping their problems on you or you'll be solving meaningful problems. And when I started a business and when I had my son and when I launched my charity and when I launched my book and when I launched my podcast, these were big undertakings. Oh, yeah. I t- I did a, a charity boxing match in front of 1700 people. We filled the room with a guy 20 kilos heavier than me recently. <laughs> and and you know, you take on these meaningful challenges. You're too fucking busy. Yeah. to worry about your 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 side parting or what someone said about you on fucking Instagram. Who cares?
1: That's right. Man, I love it because it it, it focuses you. It's like a forced focus. It's a quest that you choose for yourself and you're really doing it for others as well but it has to start here first and get ourselves straight damn i i love that and yeah the challenges. do you do that consistently to keep yourself yeah. focused in
0: yeah like i'm not very good bored yeah um and, and you know in business some people have this illusion delusion or fantasy of hey i just want to retire you know when i'm 40 or 50 i want chill on the income.
1: beach and <laughs> yeah
0: exactly and you know i've retired about five times i built a property portfolio i, I one of my books did really well um i've got a lot of assets Yeah. A- and i hated it every time i hated it because i was bored i felt rudderless you know not, like you need to oh, look men and women are different people in different cultures are different i can't judge everyone i can only you know i don't really give advice i just share my experience mm. But for me, as a still high energy, mid 40 year old man with a decent amount of experience in business, there's something burning inside me that needs to keep building my empire, that needs to keep, you, you know, helping other people. I am I mean, I'm writing my 17th book yeah. and I already got my ideas for my 18th, 19th and 20th. And I have this itch and I need to do something with it and I need to build things. And, you know, I can't say everyone's the same because... You know, I, for example, need a really supportive wife. Mm, That's that's not her purpose or role. She needs to be really good at supporting me and raising the children and looking after the house and clearing up all the chaos that that I create. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: But, you know, um, if you're struggling a bit for motivation or you want to step up to the next level or you just want to start, I think setting yourself some meaningful challenges and making yourself publicly accountable to them I think these are the key to success. Um, now, the journey of success, whatever one defines it as, is this paradox between you need to set these big, chunky goals. You know, like I've got goals for when I'm 50. Yeah. Um, I've had goals for, for when I was 40, when I'm 30. Um, but also, you have to have a good, solid set of routines and standards that you do every day. So my next new fitness challenge is called Hyrox Rocks, which is a bit of a CrossFit. It's a bit insane. And it's in August, September, October. It's in four months. Uh-huh. So I've got that four-month deadline. But, you know, I have to eat well today. I have to train 10 times a week. And I have to create these routines and standards. Because the difference between a goal and a standard, a goal is something you would like to achieve. A standard is a non-negotiable that you hold yourself to. Mm, and anyone personal. can set goals. but do you have high standards of standards of eating standards of living standards of training, et cetera. So, you you know, you balance these meaningful missions and objectives. If your goal is to grow um, with these, you know, non-negotiable standards. And I think um, like Andrew Tate said to me, he said he's never seen anyone who put the work in fail. Mm -hmm. And actually when you think about it, have you ever seen anyone down the gym, good diet, good routine, ever, never get strong? No. Have you seen ever anyone ever, never get fit if they're on the treadmill all day every day? No. Have you ever seen anyone fail in business if they just keep going on providing value? The universe has so much abundance and gifts, and it it will reward you um, equally to the the effort and the value that you create.
1: Yeah. It's going to re- yeah, it's going to bring back and that's just in the sheer amount of volume you're putting out there. And I think the biggest key, once we get away from our own, whatever we're dealing with personally is to express ourselves, express that creation wholeheartedly with no filter. I mean, that's the key, I think right there, because you're going to resonate with all sorts of parties and your books are a perfect representation of that. What your podcast, whatever a thousand episodes disruptive, I mean, man, it's it's just the sheer putting the volume out there. You know, things are going to return with that. And that's, don't mess with the flow, right? That That's your flow of creativity, energy to the world.
0: Yeah, I think um, you can only do what you can do. Right. And I think you just need to have faith that there's an amazing intelligence called the universe and nature, mm. which they I believe the world is like a mirror. You know, imagine you grew up and you were abused and you were taught that the world is full of evil Mm -hmm. and that was imprinted into you. You're going to see evil in everyone. Oh, yeah. Imagine if you were raised and taught to trust everyone. You know, people are inherently good. That's how you're going to see the world. So I believe the universe acts like a mirror in that it gives you what you put out. And I have this saying be it until you see it. I don't like fake it until you make it because I don't think that's authentic. But this, there was some scientific research done by done by Joe Dispenza. And he said, as well as setting goals, you had to feel the emotion as if you already had achieved the thing you are looking to achieve. Mm-hmm. So that tells me you create the image that you want to be reflected back and, and you can manifest, create, you know, or however you, you achieve and attain that. So, um, you know, I really believe the universe is a gift that keeps on giving, but you have to put the right messages out there. You have to be very clear on what you want. Like- mm-hmm you know, when you meet someone and they're confused and muddled and all over the place and they're juggling five different businesses and they, you know, like that's not an attractive person. But when you meet, meet someone who's crystal clear, I like this. I don't like this. I'm on this mission. This is me. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You know, that person has a radiant attractive quality and so the universe will give it more of what, that person is putting out so um yeah you know like it's funny because i've struggled my whole life with never really feeling like i'm good at anything Mm. but in reality i'm the i'm a person that i've i'm not i've not really been great at anything in my life but what i am good at is being good at a lot of things Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and and i i used to think that was a curse Cause you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I'll play this sport and that sport and I want to do this subject and that subject. And I, you know, I, I wrote a really, uh, I wrote a book in the UK called money, which did really well. And then I wrote about mindset and, but then I thought, well, well that's just me. And, yeah. and, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's my talent, you know, yeah. and, and maybe I should lean into that and, and embrace that more.
1: Man, I can relate with a lot of that because it can definitely screw with your mind a little bit, at least for us. And I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs are like that, especially the more connected we get those with uh, us, with podcasts that we meet brilliant minds and we get excited. Um, and, and with a growth mindset, you want to do something about what you just learned and especially if it attaches. And I know that's the case for me. And I love the fact that, and I, I thought about this exact topic, looking at your books and the ones out there. They're related, but I mean, yes, they're related. Like they all have a unique, uh, I'm sure they're all piping down a, a similar theme, but at the same time, they're also not in a way, you know, they could be very individualized and, and amazing. And it's interesting because it could be, it could look like a mess to our minds internally, unless we organize those things. So mm-hmm. I'm curious how you do that. And I bring that up because I like on your website where you list out your Epic weaknesses and you know this is one of them is you take on too much and Mm. and then you have your team kind of clear up the mess so i'm curious i think that's a superpower as well obviously there's two sides of the coin how do you deal with that
0: yeah i i I agree with you on um anything can be a gift or a curse Mm. you know I, i come from the belief that no event situation or person is all good or all bad i think every event that happens that we experience is actually neutral it's humans who go, mm, that was good. Oh, that was bad. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's wrong. Based on our own individual perceptions and, and judgments. Yeah. So, um, you know, m- the prolific nature in which I can churn out m- information in multi-disciplines has the upside of variety, expansion, full expression in multicolor of life. Because mm. when you run a business, you do have to be able to, Um, manage people you have to be able to manage your emotions you have to have a good mindset you have to probably have good energy so i could write you could write if you're in business you could write 10 books on 10 different niches to be a good entrepreneur yeah um but of course that is a curse because i've written my best-selling book pound for pound prorated is money Mm -hmm. and i'm now writing my second book on money as well as my third fourth and fifth what if the five in between were all about money as well maybe i'd be the, maybe I'd have the biggest brand and reputation Around money in the, in the world, who knows Yeah. Um, But no regrets, what's meant to be is meant to be If I was meant to be a guy who wrote 20 books on money I'd have written 20 books on money And um, you know I just had this fight And we raised nearly a quarter of a million for charity And I trained so hard And I, I, it was like, it, I, it was so close He was 20 kilos heavier than me And, and <laughs> you, you know it was a split decision And it didn't go my way Mm. And I thought about it and I thought, is that a loss or is that a win? And you know the, the guy that I, I I fought quite a lot of people don't like him he's a bit a bit of a villain. There was some underhandedness going on from his team mm. and my, my wife said, you know would you rather lose with dignity and grace or win at all costs? Mm. And I went, yeah I'd rather I'd, I would rather lose with grace and dignity and honor and integrity than win at all costs. So sometimes, you know, the goals you have for yourself, you are nowhere near as intelligent as nature in the universe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people believe in God, that God has plans for them and all these kind of things. You know, I'm I'm not, I'm not sure. I think there's just too many unknowns for me to be arrogant enough to say, I know what's out there, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely a higher order that is way more intelligent than me. And, you know, I, I I go where I need to go and I do what I think is best. And if it doesn't go my way, I accept that it wasn't supposed to be that way. Because I think what we do is the more fixated on the fantasy of how we want life to be, often the more depressed we are when we don't achieve this unattainable delusion. Expectations. Exactly. And, you know, for example, I, I know people who are single and unhappy because they believe they should be with a perfect 10 in every way. Mm. Um, And they have unrealistic expectations about life. Um, And and, and I sometimes don't trust my judgment as well. So, you know, my wife is amazing. I've been with her nearly 20 years. She is not the kind of woman I would have picked in my 20s. But somehow something more intelligent than me knew and gave me a sign that the kind of women that I was choosing were not right. Mm -hmm. And the kind of woman that is right for me is this kind of woman. Yeah. And, you know, I've got so many instances in my life where, you know, I've been hell bent on going down this path and it, you know, it, it hasn't gone how I wanted it to go, but who I became in the process and what I learned on the journey and, and where it ended up taking me, th- that is one of, th- that's one of the great gifts of life.
1: Man, it seems like you, you have tapped in, uh, big time into your intuition. And, and I know that's one of your epic we- weaknesses is the childlike impatience. And I feel like you just take that immediate action and you do it quickly. You almost do it, uh, potentially. And I'm kind of projecting maybe is before you have all the answers, you put it out there, you get that ball moving. Is
0: that right? Yeah. Well, I wrote a book called start now, get perfect later. Mm. And again, I don't give advice. I give experience for some people who, um, you know, are scared to leave the house in the morning. They need to be a bit more impetuous. They need to act a bit more quickly. But some people who are wildly impatient and reckless and chaotic, they need to do the opposite and and they need to slow down a bit. Or, and this is what I did, get a business partner or a wife or a mentor or wise counsel. So it's funny how I've attracted these very grounding humans around me. My MD, my business partner, my wife and my son are all very grounded. And any time I get in the remotest bit, cocky, confident, happy, you know, whoop, whoop, check daddy out. They can just humbleize me (laughs) in a split second. Good. And, you know, for years, I I found those kind of people really frustrating. I felt like it was, you know, I was a hot air balloon just dying to get up into the sky, but these were like weights. But actually I realized if I wanted a successful business and a successful marriage, and I wanted to experience all the fruits of you know, that life has to offer. I I, I need, I either need to learn to be all these things. And I don't think you can be everything because the more you work on your weaknesses, the more you suppress your strengths. Mm -hmm. So there's an argument that you should just work on your strengths and outsource your weaknesses. And, and, you know, when you run a company, ultimately you want to build a team of a players. And if they're a player in tech, they're going to be a C player in in human relations or management and that's okay because you're not hiring them to be a manager and a great team has this ecosystem of people the sum of the parts equals greater than the whole and we accept each other's weaknesses because we trust in each other's strengths
1: Mm, yeah it's so true and it's assembling that team that's probably why you have such a large team is (laughs) i guess more of the ideas the more stuff you put out there you're obviously receiving more you better have those systems and people in place, the right people in place to take that off of you, at least that mental load. Because I, I can imagine that could stack up very quickly. It has for me. And yeah, the right people grounding, the right systems to actually follow through with your vision or else in your, it's a kink in the hose in the whole master vision you're putting out there.
0: Yeah, there's probably out of the 105 people I can think of off the top of my head. There's no more than three that are like me, creative, nebulous, you know, impatient, energetic, always up in the clouds, dragging everyone along. (laughs) There's probably not room for that many like us. You know, I I can like when I am away from the business, it's like. 10 people have gone on holiday. And when I come back, it's like we've got an extra 10. I don't say that to be arrogant. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I started the company. I've been I've been in it 17 years. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm bad at. I'm really good with bringing energy. I'm really good at getting the best out of people. Um, you know, I'm really good at solving problems, big ones, fast. Mm. Um, I make a lot of mess, but I hire a lot of people who are really good at tidying things up. And they're technically very good in accounts or very good at running events or, you know, or whatever. So, you know, depending on what you want out of life, a good marriage is probably got to have someone who's quite different to you. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and a good company needs a good balance of the different types of, you know, like in yeah. soccer, in football, in, in England, you've got the defensive midfielders, the attacking midfielders, you've got the goalkeeper, the defender, the, the attacker, you've got the defensive wingbacks, you've got the attacking wingbacks. And you need that variety if you don't have because the problem is when you start a business and you're an entrepreneur, you end up just hiring mini me's. Mm. And you know, a, a company with 10 entrepreneurs in it in two years is going to be 10 different companies because they're all going to leave and set up on their own. Yeah. Um, so and, you, you know, you learn this, you learn, Ooh. I mean, look, you learn this over time, but you can learn this from mentors, yeah, going on courses, on masterminds, on reading books,
1: yeah. That's, that's, I think that, that lands very true to me. And I've had all of that in the, in the times where I pair up with another entrepreneur and I had that in my previous partner, a lot of listeners know also was the co-host of this show. You're right. When there's two (laughs) entrepreneurs, it ended up being two separate businesses and Mm -hmm. multiple, but yeah, you're right. And I feel like that can really, well, muddies the water when it becomes like the North star, whatever the purpose is that can get confusing. That can change maybe that, that that shared vision isn't so shared anymore and then what just happened to everything else below that, uh, that happened to me and, yeah. and it, that one on a bigger scale, you know, cause this is kind of like a transition point. So this is all very true and accurate. And that's why I love that you're sharing this. Cause there's so many other people that feel like, oh, let me just pair up with uh, my best friend, entrepreneur buddy over here.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe not. No, don't yeah. probably, yeah. probably don't. I mean, I do know some people who've had successful family businesses. It is possible. Mm. But um, I've had a business partner for 17 years. And um, I think, again, I don't give advice to give experience. We're all on our own journey. You have to put things into context. But there are some common denominators. So number one, shared vision vision is absolute must. If I want to build an empire globally and he wants to build a little lifestyle business on his laptop, that ain't going to work. Bingo. But different set of skills and what we end up doing when we go into relationships we end up marrying a female or a male version of ourselves and then we go into business we end up going to business partner with another version of ourselves Like i know for a fact i would be the worst person for me to go into business with and my business partner mark would be the worst person for him to go into business business with i caused him a lot of i have caused him a lot of stress and anxiety i think he's he's just accepted who I am now. And he knows how to just, you know, when to catch the balloon and when to let the balloon go, you know, the, and yep. when to put helium in it. And, you know, he, he knows this now because we, you know, we know each other so well, mm. but um, he would not work with uh, the same version of him. And I would not work with the same version of me. I've had other partnerships with people like me and it's exciting. And it's like, I don't know if you remember chemistry when you were a kid and you had these magnesium strips and you lit them on the Bunsen burner and they just, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's, you know, my relationships and my business partnerships, when I basically go into partnership with myself, they're like that. Oh yeah. They're exciting. They're bright. They're a flash. And then there's just remnants of ash and remains. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great visual. (laughs) Yeah. True, man. (laughs) So how do you pick your, because
1: I noticed on some books you have collaborated with a partner on those mm-hmm. and wh- how do you pick the ones and actually co-create in a way that expands that vision? Because I guess there's kind of twofold question here, because you have that expansive mind, that vision to go big and you get it done quickly. How do you co-create correctly? And and I guess walk me through how you even visualize that, that, that whole yeah. model. Yeah.
0: Okay. The first thing is, um, it depends on your vision you may not need a partner if you don't have a grand vision if you have a grand vision or you want expansion and growth you're going to need other people you can't do it on your own the problem you have with people is they are not machines they are not programmable controllable they are not ai and they will not function on a, an algorithm that you write so they you know they have their own pains pleasures relationship problems mental health issues illnesses their own distractions, you, you know, because people are people. Yep. So you have to accept the fact that you may kiss a few frogs. You know, most people don't marry their first love. If you do, you're very lucky or you've lived a very sheltered life. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people don't date once and then go, oh, that didn't work. I'm never dating again. But people hire someone or try and go into partnership, it doesn't work, and they're like, I'm never doing that again. I'll go back and work in an office. They just didn't quite master it. So you have to be prepared to kiss a few frogs. And and I think you have to be clear what each other brings. So I bring energy. I bring the ability to sell a lot of books because I've got a lot of followers, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I would look to partner with people who maybe haven't got a big following. Mm. Um, and maybe they want to do this, but they're not quite at my level yet. But they're studious and they're a master in their field Mm. so i look for partners who want what i've got and i want what they've got so if i write a partnership if i write a book with a partner it'll be because they've got added skills and knowledge and i've got the reach Mm -hmm. You, you know and i'm the accountability and i'm the speed
1: got it yeah and with the vision aspect, it sounds like you're always coming with that vision and you have that, you have whatever hot air balloon thing, that thing you're peering at in the, in the future. How do you, that just sounds, it sounds natural to you at this point, And maybe that always has been, is there a way to know when you're thinking big enough and large enough to motivate you enough? It feels like it's a big motivation thing and you have that impatience. You want to get there quickly. So you got to have that person with you along the side, usually.
0: How do you know you're there? Yeah. So um, it took me a long time to know what I wanted to do with my life. Probably 27 when I started on the right path. And probably mid-30s before I had a lot of clarity. So there is time, anyone listening who's, even if you're older than me. Um, So my personal vision is to help as many people on this planet get better financial knowledge. I don't think that the knowledge that's being taught in schools, that is proliferated down by your parents, indoctrinated by society, I think it's a lot of outdated information. I think there's a lot of um, propaganda from the system of the things that you're led to believe are financially astute, but actually aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and therefore, it is my mission to change that because I've spent a lot of years learning that. I've become very wealthy, you know, figuring that out. Yeah. Then my company, Progressive, um, its um, vision is to help people invest for freedom, choice, and profit. Now, if you ask yourself every day, who am I and what am I supposed to do with my life? And you refine that and refine it and refine it. In the end, you'll land there. Whether it takes a week, a month, a year or 10 years. So keep asking yourself, who am I and what do I want to do with my life? And, you know, just get it where it's at. Don't think, oh, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Or what if it changes? It may evolve. You know, In, in, in 20 mm-hmm. years, I might evolve to a, a higher level of, broader level of specialism or a title. Like I'm now, my next four books will all be about money. Mm-hmm. so you could argue that I'm specializing down a bit from you know what I've been doing over the years um now in terms of expanding the vision um when you're broke you've probably got a very selfish personal vision to to get out of debt right you know if, if you want to um maybe quit your job and have enough money you're probably focused at the family level mm-hmm. once you've secured your family maybe you want to give back to your community your county. Once you're maybe the head of the council or, you you know, one of the biggest donors in your county, you can probably go and look at helping your country, mm. then your continent and then the globe. And if you look at Elon Musk, you know, he's help, able to help people on a global level because he's he's grown, grown, grown. Now, you have to have the desire to do this. And it's not for everyone, um, because there's a lot of pressure and responsibility that comes. And there's a lot of opportunity cost that comes with running a big business. Mm. Critic- criticism, you know, it sometimes costs people relationships, their health. It doesn't have to, by the way, it just can, you, you know, you have to, you have to be really clear. Um, you, I, I had, um, I've got the, the, like my, my house is like a maximum security prison. <laughs> I have to hire people full-time just to manage my car collection of how much it costs to run them. Um, yes, it was really random and serendipitous, but I was driving one of my cars. I have a bit of a car collection, yeah. I was driving one of them and I like I'm a bit soft, but I um, accidentally killed a pigeon Fuck. And I felt really bad. And I went to check the car and there was a tracker hanging off my car and my cars have been tracked by someone who's clearly looking to either steal my cars or break into my house, Um, you know, and and these are new problems, new level, new devil, uh, as someone said. But, you know, I'm prepared to pay the price for, you know, the quality of life that I believe that I bring to my family, my community, even the country. And, And, you know, my next mission is the globe. Yeah. I'm probably well-known on a national level. I like like to be known on an international level, but you have to have the appetite for that. Uh, And you have to, you have to have the energy for that. Now, Warren Buffett is in his mid eighties and he's still got his energy for that. Some people are in their twenties and they've got no desire for that. And that's okay. You know, there are three types of entrepreneur. There's the lifestyle entrepreneur who wants a laptop and an easy life. Mm. There's the intrapreneur like Tim Cook of Apple, you know, he wants a good role with some autonomy wants some seniority, but doesn't want to start the firm on his own. And then there's the empire builder, you know, the hustling entrepreneur who wants to start on their own and build their own empire. I'm an empire builder, but not everyone is. And that's okay. I work with a lot of lifestyle entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs and that works. Um, So yeah, there's some ways to think about um, your own mission and vision. You know, if you think about your own vision, um, you know, what are you good at? What, what do people constantly give you good feedback at? You know, where are your unique talents? What's, what's yearning inside of you? Where, where do you always gravitate to? Where do you spend your time? And, and and what space do you surround yourself with in terms of, you know, what you're interested in naturally? Mm. A lot of people are, like, oh, yeah, but you couldn't monetize mine. You couldn't start a business. That's not true. Mm. It, you know, there's so many things you can monetize now. Um, You know, look at these entertainers on YouTube oh man you could build a membership site teaching people how to play chess if that's your vibe Mm -hmm.
1: and with AI I'm uh I'm curious of your thoughts now because I know we we preface this a little bit before I know yeah look at those eyes (laughs) 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 obviously there's two sides of the coin I'm sure and maybe others we are not even thinking of so in terms of uh automation and, and actually getting furthering the vision it could help all all facets of those entrepreneurs obviously knowing yourself is the key and harnessing your superpowers i think more than ever with ai and the future man i don't know where to start with this topic but what are your initial thoughts when i yeah when those eyes were getting big i was feeling you had some thoughts already so just lay them on me man
0: yeah if you go back through history and you look at revolutions you see if you look with wisdom and balance that um any these new technologies and these advancements they have equal upside and downside. I actually just learned this from a documentary, but the Gatling gun, you know, that really crazy gun that can kill a lot of people quickly. Yeah, that one. That was not built as a weapon of mass destruction. That was built to save lives mm. because you didn't need as many foot sh- soldiers on the front line because right. this gun could take the place of
1: uh, 10
0: yeah. humans. So I think it was Robert Gatling who made the Gatling gun. Right. He had really good intentions with that. But you put that gun in the wrong hands and that immediately becomes nefarious.
1: That's right.
0: When steel proliferated and rail was built, it was great for speed of travel, but it was much easier to rob villages. And then people started robbing the trains. Mm -hmm. So if you look at any revolutions, what happened? I mean, honestly, human beings as a race, we're quite arrogant. And we underestimate the intelligence of nature and we overestimate ourselves. Mm. And we're always fucking around intervening with nature. It's our mission as a human, human race to better, faster progress, faster progress. The problem is, there's a, you know, I watched this really um, eye opening documentary on AI just yesterday. It's called, I think it's called AI Robots. Mm. And it was about basically the race to AI in military. Mm -hmm. and um you know there's this one chap who was in the seals he's like you know there's been peace for 70 years because of you know america's military well i think many eastern countries would disagree with that but anyway and he's like we've got to get this out quick Mm. so you know so basically america can be the superpower um but the the big dichotomy, the big sort of I, I don't know what they call it. I don't know if they call it the paradox of war, but anyway,
1: Yeah.
0: with at the moment the big discussion point in military in war is whether we give autonomy of the kill decision to AI. Right. Um. And, I mean, the AI is crazy. Give AI eleven months, it beats the best dogfighter pilot that's ever lived. Yeah, that's um. Hard there's this um, company that's using AI to try and create vaccines and um, antidotes for toxins. And you just run a six year old Mac overnight. And this AI algorithm comes up with 5,000 new compounds to reduce toxins and poisons and disease. And you're like, fucking hell, this is amazing. Yeah. But this was, (laughs) uh, this was savage. I thought I like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm interviewing an ex CIA spy tomorrow, and I'm going to talk about this. Cool. This person who had this biological AI was asked by a university to do a talk on the downsides of AI. And I was like, hmm. And what he, he got in his algorithm and he literally just changed the zero to a one. So, zero is toxic to less toxic, mm-hmm. but one is more toxic, i.e., the algorithm reverses. And overnight, it came up with five thousand compounds, of which he said at least fifty of them are more deadly than the most deadly compound that he's ever seen used. Apparently, VX is mm-hmm. like the most deadly compound you know used in espionage. Blow it on your face, you're dead. Wow. And and this AI, overnight on a six-year-old computer, came up with five thousand new compound variants. Mm-hmm. What if that AI had autonomy? i.e. to make a decision on using that as a biological weapon because i think there was a, a treaty between russia and america where they wouldn't use biological weapons because they knew once they opened that pandora's box humanity was fucked Yep. joe we are so close to that pandora's box and if we are not careful and we open that box, or we let the genie out of the bottle. It's going to be 1984. It's going to be Skynet in Terminator, or whatever it is in Robocop. It's going to be here. Yeah. And we're, we're fucking reckless. And I don't. We may not that have that many hundreds or many thousands of years left. Right. Because you know, the species that survived are not just the strongest, but the most adaptable to change. And, you know, if we give AI autonomy, we're not top of the food chain anymore. Not
1: at all. No way. And and some say the genie's already out of the bottle with chat GPT and and open AI.
0: Apparently, there's been kill orders from AI already. Mm. Uh, And, and like, apparently, now these have been hidden from mainstream, but, you you know, like you said, you you cannot put that back in the bottle. No way. Yeah. So, like it seems that each time we have a new revolution industrial technological whatever the upsides become better cuz like um they they're developing this technology where you can get a nanobot mm-hmm. you know that you can't even see in, unless it's in a microscope yeah that you can basically put in your body and it can travel around and diagnose stuff and go in and internally fix you like a little doctor in you and you know, of course your ai can be your local gp your general practitioner doctor that's right but imagine giving a nanobot to your fucking enemy
1: mm-hmm. and how easy and that will go become or and is kill you. yeah for
0: sure <laughs> uh, like fucking
1: oh. hell this shit man <laughs> oh rob um i want to wrap this puppy up but give me something positive on the ai front if you have one <laughs> something of of hope or or a way that you can see because it's hard to plan even in the future in the next 18 months two years
0: well look if if we have this i forget the name of it but there's some there's a concept where i've got a nuclear weapon you've got a nuclear weapon but we don't hit the buttons because we know if we both hit the buttons it's end of humanity right um and the ai in the military could mean you don't any more have PTSD you don't anymore have all these people going out to war and dying it's literally like a simulation strategy mm. surely that's good I mean the the, the medical advancements that we're going to have with AI how to you know like the, the bespoke nature you're going to you're going to be able to go to your AI what are the best types of food for me to eat how do I live till i'm one hundred and twenty I'm not feeling very well what is it you can predict you know, the illnesses and ailments that that you may have. So, Mm. um, I mean, you know, the downside of this is going to take a lot of jobs. But, you know, there was the argument that when Henry Ford automated the factory line, that was going to take a lot of jobs. You just have to evolve and reskill. So you shouldn't be scared about that. We're, You know, we're an adaptable society. Um, So, you know, the, the average life expectancy in 1900 was 44 for a male and it's nearly 80 now. it's nearly doubled so clearly in some ways we're doing something right um but yeah so you know there's some of the things that that I'm excited about
1: yeah yeah it's gonna be I keep saying we're in interesting times that's yeah we're in interesting times and that that could go anyway man so Mm -hmm. I'm thank you for taking the time to share this with me and those listening man and I hope for the best I'm rooting for for people and technology yeah. but let's bring humanity always don't forget humanity in ourselves yeah. so hit me with uh where people should go follow you and, and take that next step on your journey or where you so I have a journey, podcast, yeah
0: yeah i have a podcast called disruptors we're nearly a thousand episodes i'm on all social medias as rob moore or rob more progressive um and i've written a load of books money and life leverage in my two bestsellers
1: Right on, man. Yeah, and check out robmore.com because you can get the whole scoop there. And man, you're fun. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's easy to listen to you and it's, it's even better because we're learning along the way and we can grow. So open your eyes and ears, y'all. Go check out Rob Moore. Thank
0: you, man. Thanks, Joe.